0: I was very shocked one day in May 2020, during the coronavirus, when the TV announcer said churches were beginning to have drive-through communion services. I just gasped. Communion is not the eating and drinking of crackers and grape juice. Communion is partaking of the Word of God in a proper way whereby you can examine yourself by the Word of God and make changes to your life and be recreated in the image of Christ. The eating and drinking of the New Testament Bible is partaking of the Word of God. This is one of the biggest idols set up in the churches today, to think that crackers and grape juice are the Lord's Supper. Crackers and grape juice have no power at all to change you. You can't judge yourself by crackers and grape juice, as we are told to judge ourselves in partaking of the Lord's Supper. Crackers and grape juice were set up in the church by fleshly men who set it up in other churches And other fleshly men followed it until it became one of the greatest fleshly monsters in the churches today. Having no power at all and deceiving hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Christians into thinking that they have done a godly act. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 11 and I will prove this to you. By First Corinthians 11, by the Spirit of God, for those who are born again and can hear this word. Starting at verse 25, the Apostle Paul told of Jesus, he said, After the same manner he also took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Right there, Jesus told us what the Lord's Supper is. It's a New Testament. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus is telling us as we drink the New Testament to take such in remembrance of the fact that he, Jesus, is the Word. When I read the Bible and I see a scripture and it stands out to me, I see it as Jesus. The word that's partaking of the New Testament remembering that Jesus doing it in remembrance of Jesus it's not a thing on a cracker and grape juice table at church which says this do in remembrance of me that's just fleshly it is partaking of the specific scriptures knowing that, that is Jesus. And as you go out and do it, you don't dare violate that scripture when you understand it is the word of God. Then in verse 26, Paul says, For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. You can't examine yourself while eating crackers and drinking grape juice. You examine yourself by eating and drinking the word of God, the Bible, the New Testament especially. And that's what Paul's talking about here. He's talking about partaking of the New Testament. We examine ourselves by those scriptures and make appropriate adjustments. And that's the power of God, to recreate us into the image of Christ. And Paul says, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh the scriptures unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. If you read the New Testament and fail to deal properly with the scriptures, you bring damnation to yourself, thus making the word of God powerless in your own life by failing to apply that word properly to your life. In such cases, you say and demonstrate to others that Jesus died for nothing Thus you fail to discern the Lord's body. For when you demonstrate to others the power of the word of God, you show Jesus as a living being. And you show the word of God as having power. Therefore Jesus didn't die for nothing. But when you fail to take the word of God properly, And you walk around as a dead person saying Jesus is Lord without any power or life. You fail to discern the Lord's body. And you demonstrate to others your failure to discern the Lord's body. I was speaking to a woman one time and she said you are really a living example of the word of God. Well, we all are supposed to be. That's the whole purpose of this. Yes, we are living examples of the Word of God because as we do the Word of God, other people see it. We don't do it in order to get them to see it. We do it because that's the right thing to do because doing that scripture is correct. It is good to do the scripture. It recreates us every time we do the scripture. We are recreated in the image of Christ. Every time we choose that scripture and do it and live it. Yes, we are living examples just as Jesus was the living word. We are an example of living the word. One time a Bible teacher at Word of Faith said to me, Joan, you're very different from all these other people here. For they say they have faith, but you live it. You live faith. A living example, that's because I was doing the scriptures. I didn't even realize they weren't doing it. I didn't know I was different until later. But what I saw from it, is that I really was seeking Scripture to do while they were seeking Scripture to get God to do something that they wanted for themselves. That's a very big difference. Thy will be done versus my will be done. Verse 30, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many die. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. If you judge yourself properly by the word of God, there is no further judgment. You cannot judge yourselves by crackers and grape juice. It has no power. It says nothing. It's fleshly. Taking crackers and grape juice is powerless and doing this will not cause you to change into the image of Christ. The Word of God will. Crackers and grape juice are idols made up by man for the church to follow. This crackers and grape juice thing are just like the other powerless idols in churches where they cross themselves where they light candles, where they recite rote prayers. There's no power in those things because they're not of God. But partaking of the Word of God into yourselves by doing it has great power of God and you become a living testament. Basically, Drive-through communion services are ridiculous, just ridiculous. Jesus, the Word, says, I am the bread of life. John chapter 6, Jesus says, My Father giveth you the true bread from heaven, which was Him, the Word, which for us today is the Word, brought to us by the Holy Spirit of Jesus, who rises up in us to bring us a thought from God or to remind us of a scripture. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up in the last day. No man can come to me except the Father, which hath sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned from the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he that is of God. He hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life, says Jesus the Word. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread, which came down from heaven. Jesus is saying, I, the word, am the living bread. And it comes down from heaven to us. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh, Of the Son of Man and drink His blood, ye have no life in you. Now, you don't get that life with crackers and grape juice. You get that life with Scripture, with the Word of God, with a specific Word from God. This is totally ridiculous to think that crackers and grape juice have any part in a church gathering. Verse 54, Jesus says, Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he, shall live by me I'm totally persuaded that there are very few real Christians today most people have put themselves into the churches by joining the churches by going forth and being baptized without having the spirit of God speak to them therefore they can't follow God they can only follow fleshly things Romans chapter 8, 14 tells us how to identify those people who are really of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It's just like I told you earlier, that woman said to me, you are a living example of the Scriptures. Well, I am, because I follow the Scriptures. I follow the Spirit of God. So when you watch me, you're going to see the Spirit of God operating in me one way or the other. You will see him working in me. And that's what you should be. All of us who have the Spirit of God are like that. We have that Spirit of God in us to show us what to do. And when we do it, people are going to say, Wow, look at that. Why did you do that? And you're going to say, because God showed me to do that. And they're not going to want to hear that. Oh, they don't want to hear that. They want to praise you. But when you say, because God showed me to do that, you are praising God and reflecting the glory of God. And I have found the churches, by large, do not want to hear that God showed you to do that. They want to praise God you. I had a Church of Christ cousin who came to visit me one time, and she said, oh, we stopped at Farwell en route to Clovis, New Mexico. We stopped at Farwell, Texas, and went to church, and I wish you could have been there. It was Father's Day, and I wish you could have seen how they praised Charles, her husband. This is awful, (laughs) If we are saying, No, God showed me to do that, they're not going to be praising us. As a matter of fact, they're not even to, mostly they don't want to hear us. They want to praise humans. I have a friend who goes to church constantly, and God said this to me concerning her. The day that she comes to you and says, I'm doing this because such and such scripture shows me to do it. Then pay attention to her. Otherwise, just ignore her. When the disciples came to Jesus asking him, What would be the sign of the last days and the sign of the end times and the sign of his return? Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now they're not going to come to us saying they are Christ. They're going to come saying Jesus is Christ. And because they say that, they can come into the churches and deceive many people into thinking they are Christians. Instead, just watch what they do. And you will see along the way whether or not they are led by the Spirit of God or whether they are confessing themselves by their own works. I received many emails from men in especially foreign countries who say they are ministers of God. But none of them have ever told me any message whatsoever given to them by God. All they say is, Oh, I'm building an orphanage. I'm building a home for old folks. I'm going to give out Bibles at everyone, to everyone who comes to my meeting. Send me money to buy Bibles. I don't send them money. Those works aren't of God. When a work is of God, you tell the people what God did to tell, get you to do the work. For example, I went on radio in 1980. I went on radio because in the night on January the 10th, 1980, a very loud voice spoke three words into my ear, Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I jumped out of bed, and I said to God, when I found out KWJS was radio, I said, are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. And the thought came to me, call the radio station manager. So that same morning, I called the radio station manager and I said, I think God is showing me to go on radio. How would you do that? And he told me how to do it. Within five days, I was broadcasting exhortations for the church on radio station KWJS. Now, when I tell you that story, what do you see? You see God working to put me on the radio. You don't hear me saying, I'm going to go on radio. You hear me telling you, God is putting me on radio. That's the spirit of God. That's a person following the spirit of God. But when they just come to us and say, I'm building orphanages. I'm building schools. I'm taking care of orphans. I am building homes for the old folks. What do you hear? I'm doing it. You don't hear them saying, God showed me in a dream to do this. You don't hear them saying anything about God. I hear them say all the time to me, I'm going all over the world to speak the gospel, but they never tell me one word from God, not one message, not one revelation, not one interpretation, not one anything that's of God. It's strictly of themselves. They aren't of God. And that's what Jesus said we'd see in the last time. It would be filled with people in congregations as well as people who are ministers who say Jesus is Lord, but they are not born of the Spirit of God. That is a main sign of the last times. And there are idols all over the place. One of the greatest idols in the churches today is calling that minister reverend. What does it do? Puts him on a pedestal. Makes him an idol. But most of all, we know it's wrong because it is not in the New Testament to do such a thing. There's not a scripture in the whole Bible that says to call a man reverend. It says holy and reverend is God's name. And yet we have it everywhere. Reverend so-and-so, reverend so-and-so. Now, it is totally proper to call a minister, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Why? Because when a man says, I am a prophet, you know exactly what kind of work he's likely to do in the church. He's not a teacher. He's a prophet. A prophet's going to bring messages of correction. So you know what he's likely to do. Mostly he doesn't even say that. He just does it. But it's totally proper to say, I'm an apostle. That's what Paul said of himself. We have demonstrations in the Bible of Paul saying that, but it is totally improper to allow anyone to call you reverent. That is very wrong. It causes you to be idolized, and it causes them to idolize you and to think yourself to be something. It's wrong. It's not in the Bible to do that. And it's one of the greatest idols put out there in the churches today. And there are many idols in the churches today. So you have to beware of them. Jesus says, beware. Don't let let any man deceive you. You have a New Testament. Come on, wake up, beware. There's much evil going on in the churches today. All of these scriptures that I have presented you are printed in our blog you can see it in writing by going to Jesus Ministries Exhortation tap on podcast bring up this recording all these scriptures are written out for you so you can consider them again the blog name is Jesus Ministries Exhortations thank you for allowing me to speak with you today